Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It's me, your boy, Big Tasty, joined as always by Jay. How's it going, Jay? I'm all good. I'm all good. Yeah, getting, well, getting trundled no, towards Christmas. I was going to say, another day closer to Christmas. How is it like, I mean, without giving too much away, how is your first Christmas in a while outside of like dealing with the public? Fucking glorious. <laughs> magnificent. So I had to go to, I had to do a bit of, so I had to like, my mum wanted some bits for Christmas dinner today, like that we're in, so I had to go to like, I said, oh, I'll go around town because I, like, I, I live in town so I can just go, you know, a few places, save you driving in. Uh, so I went to Little Aldi and M&S today in like the space of an hour and I wanted to like, hurt people a lot so I'm I'm alright because because R&D works for a, a supermarket a large a, a chain of supermarket not the one that you worked for no, no, you know no and he had to do a store visit today he just did the whole shop today so I've, I've literally had like not had to worry about like doing any of that oh nice yeah so uh, yeah I'm, I'm only braving the elements when um there's alcohol involved at the moment, which is nice. Yeah, just going off a drink, basically. That's that's kind of the way to be in it. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah, I'm I'm one of those wankers. Um, my thought my thoughts are with people who are in retail and hospitality, though, because I've been on that side of the fucking fence and it's horrible. That's it. Once you've been in them trenches, it's like it changes, doesn't it? You're like you're forever understanding now. It's like I yeah, I I feel like I'm gonna be like the most reasonable customer they get. I think, I'm, I think on Christmas Eve, I'm going to be like emphatically weeping, like having felt the, the pain of the people who are serving me. Yeah, like I, I feel bad because I'm going I'm going for a drink on Christmas Eve in a bar I used to work in. So I know for a fact I'm going to see at least one or two people who I previously worked with who are just going to look at me like, you fuck. <laughs> just click your fingers, mate, to get attention. Everyone loves that. Oh, you do that. Don't tempt me. I, I, <laughs> I know I could get away with doing it to one of them. <laughs> like he, he just he just called me an asshole. Spoiler: I think I'm also going to for drinking that bar. Mm. Yeah, so that'd well, be fun. I'll, I'll see you there. <laughs> uh, right, should we should we crack straight in with our week in wrestling? We'll talk a little bit about what we've been watching, uh, what we've enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, before, because I, I don't think you've seen an awful lot. Um, can we just touch on any dub, bits of WWE that you you might have watched? Did you watch any of the WWE? I watched the- I watched the Bray Wyatt thing because obviously um, they were doing the whole. Um, they, well, they, they were teasing, weren't they, on Friday afternoon? Rob Fee, who's like the create, long term creative director, I believe his title is. And he's, he, he's been working on like the Bray thing, essentially. Um, and he said, Oh, you're not going to want to miss tonight. Um, and so it, much is going to happen. Yeah, and then it turned out. Well, I mean, to be fair, like 
a lot did happen. Right, I have I have one question. Yes. Why was the laugh track so out of time? Don't worry about it. <laughs> so so they had they had like so obviously they had the continuing adventures of Bray and LA Knight, which still baffles they, me. They did um, that really cool, um they, they did that um really cool like sort of QR code thing and then it it went it linked to the TikTok that they were putting the White Rabbit videos on. Mm-hmm. Which all come with me, I think, wasn't there? But so, um, so the the big the big sort of the big sort of event that happened this week was obviously Uncle Howdy physically appeared. Mm. But the, did you see the, the the sort of like Joker video where um, LA Knight like um, LA Knight was like tied to a chair, and um, it was like filmed on a phone right. in like dark, it looked like a warehouse, and LA Knight was ch- tied to a chair with the uh, like not the Uncle Howdy mask but the other mask. Like the sort of one that looks kind of like the black phone, the one that's been uh, like in the background of like when he's been like going out the yeah. door and stuff. Yeah, he had he had that mask on while he and then it like took off and he was like gagged and like beaten up, and then like it was kind of like alluding to what happened to him last week because like there's the whole um, lights go out and then Bray's there stood there with that mask on. Mm. Um, so, so, I, what happened, what, so what happened it, here was LA Knight was beating Bray up, wasn't he? Yeah, he beat the shit out of him as well. And then Uncle Hardy just appeared, like through a very similar looking, like sort of like I entrance that Bray made his entrance his return from. Yeah, I thought it was quite cool. So it's it was like essentially like the whole stage was black, like blacked out. Um and then the the entrance way, like the tron behind that, it was sort of like static, wasn't it? Mm. And then very ominous music played and Uncle Howdy sort of like sauntered out. Didn't say anything. He was just like sort of like twirling his moustache and tipped his hat. Um and laughed out of time. And laughed out of time, yeah. Um but whichever, it, whichever it, goober they got to play him just couldn't stay in I mean I you probably couldn't hear the laugh track to be fair. So the the thing is though, I kind of like the fact that it's so like uncanny valley. It felt a bit like um like an animatronic from like an old ride. You know where yeah, it, like, like, <laughs> Where it doesn't quite go off at the right time and all, or whatever. And it, it it's of... like even the Uncle Howdy mask, it, it looks so crudely made mm. that it's almost like, oh yeah, Bray got fired and he just lost his fucking mind and he started making all these weird, this weird shit in his fucking house in the woods. And then he's come back and like he's not quite, like there's something not right, but you can't put your finger on what. Even to the point where they released his entrance music, finally. And I was listening to it um, today actually. And, um, I, I had my I had like had headphones on, and there's like hidden things within the song that you can hear in the background that you can't you can't quite hear, but you can make out like right. laughing and stuff like that. And it just like makes it a little bit more sinister. It's re- I think it's as I say, it's it's very bray, isn't it? It's very yeah. the whole kind of like the whole kind of as I say, like the sort of crudeness of it and. The whole uncanny valley thing with the way the masks like features don't really move. Um, it, it's it it's it's something different, and that that's always not not always good. But in this case, I think it is. That's it. I just I just have like slight concerns about like where it's going to go and like what what's going to be like the development here. Because because the theme ran out of steam pretty quickly. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I think the the difference being is um, obviously the fiend Vince, I like didn't know what he was fucking doing where it was with it. Whereas I, it feels as though Triple H kind of has an idea of what he's like. He's he's going to give Bray a lot of creative license, isn't he? I was going to say, he's going to have to, because like, with all respect to Triple H, I don't think he's a sort of creative mind that's going to steer this into the harbour. But then, yeah, but then he's also previously kind of like done that in NXT, hasn't he, where he's like given, given people a little bit more creative license than they would have normally got under the main roster. Yeah, but I mean, he's also the guy who fucked a corpse, so you know. Well, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, his, that's his idea of like an edgy angle. Uh, I I I I love the story behind that, where like Triple H wanted to do, well, Triple H wanted to do like a lot less handled version than the version he did, mm. and Vince said, "All right, well we'll film my version first and see how it turns out." And then as soon as he'd finished filming, Vince just got the camera crew to pack up. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, Hunter will totally do your your way afterwards. Oh, no, no, you, we've we've got to go now. These these guys are on break. They're yeah, better. yeah, you just gotta. And and there was a funeral going on in the next room as well. Fucking hell! Like, imagine cause... going into the imagine going into the wrong like you know you, you know your, your your grand's passed away or something. You go into the wrong room and there's Triple H just humping a cut, humping, humping a fake dead body. Vin, Vince shouting, "Fuck that corpse!" <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! As you as you as you've got like people burying Nan in the next room. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. That would have, uh, yeah, that'd be one to talk about, wouldn't it? Jesus Christ. Uh, right then, anything else you want to talk about WWE wise? Um, I know, I know Top Dollar did a, did a mistake, didn't he? Oh, he nearly died, didn't he? Yeah. London was fucking heat. Um, no, I, I, to be honest, I didn't really see any WWE stuff this week. I didn't have time to really watch anything. Um, so I'm obviously, oh, obviously, we've got uh, John Cena's coming back. Yeah, well, I was about to say, so this was interesting. So there was a, there was a stat last week, but literally last week, posted that this would be, if, if he didn't, if John Cena didn't wrestle this year, it would be the first year since 2001 that he's not wrestled a match with WWE. Yeah. And then obviously he, was, mean, like, he was like, fuck that, this train ain't stopping. I mean, like, let's look at the match he had last year. That was like a 25-minute match where he didn't really take any bumps. Which one was that? The Roman one. Oh, yeah. The, the the one that me me and Aaron were talking about it uh, actually when we were on that um when we were on our good friend Sweet Chainwag um this week which we'll talk about in a second uh, we 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 were speaking about that and it was like yeah there was there was kind of like the standoff of WWE crowd they're like that was amazing and like it was literally like Cena wasn't allowed to take a fucking bump so it was just like a twenty five minute headlock yeah. He's making that. Yeah. He's making money now, isn't he? So you know. Oh, I guarantee he's he's not going to wrestle in that match. He'll he'll do like, he'll do a move. What do you do? Five moves of doom. Probably like there's a reason it's a tag match because Cena can stand on the apron, Kevin Owens can do all the heavy lifting, and then mm. Cena can like do a hot tag. Yeah, do his little Probably. shoulder block. Do his like little suplex. Do his little having a wank hand drop. Yeah. Yeah, hit, all, the, all that good that, stuff. It's Sami Zayn with an AA, and then you know more sadness follows. Uh, and also, I mean, we'll, we'll touch on it very briefly because it's going to come up with something we talk about in the news. But for absolutely no reason whatsoever, there was a shock title change on NXT. 
don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, and um, yeah, yeah Rock, uh, Roxanne Perez, former Roxy from Ring of Honor, won the NXT Women's Title, which is yeah, exciting. Yeah, I mean she's she's a re- very good wrestler. She is. And it's kind of weird that they had like Alba Fire have like three matches against Mandy and lose all of them, and then like Roxanne Perez just wins the first <laughs> the first the first time I'm asking. Don't worry about it. Alba Fire's off fighting witches now. He's just fighting spooky kickboxing witches. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Aaron loves it apparently. <laughs> what I've he, seen of the NXT podcast, he is he's having a great time. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so moving on from W, then anything else you've anything else you've been up to this week, WrestleMania? Anything you've watched before we move um, on to? Obviously, we both watched AW, so we'll talk about that last as always. I watched GCW's America's Most Wanted, which is a really fun show. Oh, nice. Uh, it it had it unfortunately it had a match that they weren't allowed to show, which I'm gutted. Which was a. Uh, El Higo Del Vikingo versus Blake Christian. Yeah, Vikingo's not allowed to be on telly in America because Triple A don't, don't like it. Yeah, Triple A have said that, that they can't do it. But then Vikingo's been teasing that he's going to rock up an AW and like confront Kenny. So, <laughs> he's mind up. so is this a show that main evented with Gage v. Devon? It was. And they told a very good story. Oh, nice. Tony Devon took some horrible bumps near the end. I've seen a picture. I've just seen a picture of like Devon getting pizza cutted, and that's like all I've seen about it. Yeah, so like it was quite, as I say, it, there's a there was an actual story being told, which was weird for a Nick Gage match. Um, but it's, essentially, it was that like Gage quite early on, like made te- made Devon bleed, on, only only slightly, um, but then like it freaked Devon out. So then Devon like starts like being a horrible bastard and just like stamping on Gage. And then Gage ends up busting his nose. And then Devon was really freaked out because he was really bleeding. It's <laughs> kind of like kind of like what's his name off um White Goodman off Dodgeball. Yeah. And nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> and uh, but Devon was just going like full murder goblin whenever he saw his own blood. And then obviously the the um match started going more into like Nick Gage's wheelhouse where um he did a lot of pile drivers on Depp and he finished them off after doing the pizza cutters with a pile driver off the top rope through a door. All right, yeah. And I'll, I'll do it. Tony Depp and just went straight down on his head. Um very sad. <laughs> any other yeah, matches any other matches on the card you enjoyed? Uh yeah. I really enjoyed the scramble match which was Quite surprised, and actually, Jack Cartwheel defeated Titus Alexander, Cole Radrick, um, Alec Price, Jordan Oliver, and Nick Wayne wow. by pinning Jordan Oliver. Wow. Okay. Yeah, which really surprised me because obviously Jordan Oliver just don't take many L's. No, um, no, he's a top top prospect. But it was it was a batch of crazy scramble match. There was also a six man lucha libre match, which was fucking mental. And to the point where MLJ was just like making noises on commentary. Um, <laughs> and that was a uh, Gringo Loco and Lost Vipers versus uh, Arez, ASF, and Commander. And it, it was just insane. It was a fucking spectacle. Oh, is that the one? I saw a cl- So Tony Devon put a clip of that on Twitter where like someone was running along the ropes and then like just jumped like across the corner onto the other ropes and just stopped. Yeah. Like stopped the man and then, like, completely yeah, and then the, like, did a flip. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, geez, and, that, that looks so cool. The, there was another bit and the way it was shot just kind of like summed up the match where um, Commander had hit like a move on uh, he, he, well he did, he did a move and he was pinning someone 
And then as like someone was trying to get in to break it, a res from nowhere just like dives over the top rope onto them, but just in the background the shot. It's like, <laughs> where the fuck did he come from? Um awesome. Yeah, it was that was really fun. Um Starboy Charlie beat Matt Cardona and Matt Cardona did the whole uh, the whole like um Bret Hart screw job thing where afterwards he like he wrote WWE <laughs> and just walked off. Um it's just back on the way out back to the E. Potentially. Uh and also we had a match which may have big gay brunch ramifications. Not not UK big gay brunch, mania big gay brunch. Um Effie versus Charles Mason. It ended in a no contest when um Charles Mason, he's been attacking Ali Catch for weeks now. He tried to uh, cheese wire Effie and Ali Catch came out and made the save and then a, a large man in a ski mask um, who d- just, I mean, there was only one person it could who, have been. Who could not possibly have been Paro. Yeah, basically did a murder on Ali Catch and Effie and then Dark Sheik ran them off with a um, with a kendo stick, and it was revealed it was Paro. It was, but like the commentators were going, Gasp. "Who is that large man?" It's like there is nobody in GCW who has that build other than Paro. <laughs> it's absolutely Paro. Um, <laughs> it looks like they're gonna do Bussy versus Charles Mason and Paro, which will be fun. Oh, nice. Yeah, Char- Charles Mason's like MJF if he was like a white collar serial killer, kind of like MJF meets Patrick Bateman. I just, I mean, that that sounds fun. I just really want Paro for the UK big game as well. I, I really hope he makes it over. Oh, he's he's coming for that, and I'm going to avoid him like the plague. After he was like <laughs> bad mouthing our podcast on Instagram, and I'm terrified that he's going <laughs> to he's going to want to murder me. Um, Harbour me through a pane of glass or something. Yeah, um, and oh, the only other notable thing worth I say notable thing worth mentioning, like it's not fucking insane. Um, Joey Janela had a, it, it wasn't a death match per se, it was more like an extreme rules match with a Pagano, which was fucking mental. But also, Joey Janela entered with a giant fucking snake around yeah, the neck. I saw this, it's like a, some sort of python or something, wasn't it? It wasn't like, yeah, apparently he's doing a reality TV show in Japan, and this was part of it, right? Um, I mean, based on some of the stories that, that Effie told us off the record about Joey Janela before the interview, um. I can fully believe all of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Joey did that entrance. Um, looked awesome. They, they took the bottom rope off for that match. And then upon reattaching it, it snapped. So for the rest of the show, there was no bottom rope. Yeah. Uh, as well. And there was about four more matches after this. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really fun match. Um, that entrance was really cool. And I, I overall, I think it was one of GCW's better shows they've done this year. Definitely worth going to check out. It's on Fight well, Plus. That's it. It's uh, on Fight Plus now, so there's, you, don't have, you don't have to like pay for it. There, you can just get it as part of your sub, which is pretty cool. Yeah. O- also, what's on there, which I might check out, is um, Kenta doing a murder on Loki. Yes. Yeah. That that sounds like I, a, I did, a hell of a show. I did, I did go back and revisit. Um, Another House of Glory show actually this weekend. Now, now think about it, um, which had the Briscoes versus Aussie Open on, which was it was pleasant. Oh, nice. Was yeah. wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, but it was still very good. Was it probably not as good as their match in London? I still haven't seen that. 
Oh, that's real good. Yeah, that's yeah. really, really good. I, I was expecting more out of the Briscoes and Aussie opening a match together. Fair. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost one of them, isn't it? Like, the, the weight of expectation on a match, that's probably so high that it's it's hard to live up to. Yeah, but Jay Briscoe did a lot of nasty-looking J-drills on Kyle Fletcher. Actually, I'm thinking of FTR, the Aussie opening. There you go. That was a great match. That was London. London. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's so, the missing, like, kind of secret sauce. Just, just, just get all three of them. Do a, do, a, oh, do, 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 a, do a triple threat. That would be fucking yeah. awesome. But, um, hold on, if you do it like winner take all, put the the Ring of Honor titles, the IWGP titles, and the um, New Japan Strong titles all on the line. Well, you can't because the Motor City Machine Guns have them. Oh, yeah. We'll put them in there as well. Okay. Just make it a four-course yeah, match. Just put, just put them in as well. It's fine. Don't worry yeah. about it. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> because adding the Motor City Machine Guns to a tag match is going to make it worse. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, the uh, thing with that is, though, who takes the L? Probably Chris Saban. Or more, more to the point, who wins? Um, yes. Uh, the yeah. fans, I think. The fans, is. yeah. <laughs> uh, right, we'll move on to some AW then. We'll, we'll, we'll sort of bash through that because we both, that's, that's the thing we've both been watching this week. Um, mm-hmm. So Dynamite kicks off with. Uh, Death Triangle versus the Elite. This is an, another one of the best seven series. We had a week off last year. This is Winter is Coming, so it's a big sort of special dynamite. This is this is weird. This is the two year anniversary of Sting's debut. Yeah, which yeah, is terrifying to think that's been two years. Um, so we start with another one of the best of seven series, Death Triangle versus the Elite. Uh, really, really fun match. They tell a bit of a story here. So I don't, I still don't know if it's real or not. So Nick hurts his ankle. Um, have you seen BC yet? I saw a bit of it, Sarah, so watching just then, and it, like even then, that doesn't really explain anything because I don't, I don't trust the own books to, to like not shoot I, or work. He's, he's fucking working. <laughs> There's no way in hell you would have let um, Penta hit him in the ankle with a fucking hammer. No. No. So yeah. Uh, so Nick Nick Jackson's um, basically like a, a move to the outside. He hurts. He he, he make most. He hurt his ankle. He gets checked on by the doctor. He gets helped to the back. So um, Matt and Kenny have to like work. Like short staffed for like most of the match, then Nick comes back for the big like fire up, uh, gets in, and then yeah, as you say, Penta hits him in the ankle with a hammer when he's trying to like put Phoenix away, and yeah, um, then Ray Phoenix taps him out with a knee bar. Yeah, again, Phoenix is very reluctant about everything, isn't he? Yeah, um, it's definitely there's definitely a story getting told there. It's, it's definitely building up, isn't it? I think I think Death Triangle going to split up. Well then. On top of that, we had a number of... We'll talk about this now, because it sort of went through the night. So straight after the match, Kenny gets on the mic, cuts a really cool promo, and basically said that next uh, next week, or the next time they have the match, because Death Triangle only used the hammer, uh, everything's going to be legal, it's going to be no holes barred. Mm. Anything goes. Uh, after that, they announced... So so that's going to be match number five. If the Elite win that, and it goes to match number six, match number six will be a false count anywhere match. And if it does go to a final decider, if the Elite tie it up 3-3, the last match, match seven, will be Escalera de la Muerte. I mean, that's probably going to be match of the year. That's going to be <laughs> fucking stupid. That that's gonna probably. I mean, the fourth cup anywhere match is gonna be mental. Just if, just in case you if you've not been watching AW since the beginning, like us cool hipsters, um, the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros had an Escalera de la Muerte match in year one of AW, and it was legitimately insane. It was the first um, all that wasn't it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was. It was like yeah, the second pay per view. After all, in it was like the first. I think it was the first match on the first AW pay per view. Because he did the he did the angle, didn't he? With um, with uh, proud and powerful debuting. Yeah, that led the proud and powerful and Jericho versus the other. But that match was um, 
nuts. It was that match is fucking ridiculous. It's still one of the best uh, matches AEW's put on. Yeah, and spoiler alert, they put on a lot of fucking good matches <laughs> in the three history. Um, yeah, that, I mean this Death Triangle um, Elite uh, feud. Fucking hell, it's it, it's good in it. <laughs> if this is how Death Triangle are going out, then bloody hell, they're going out well, aren't they? I mean, the thing we've got, the thing we've got to like look forward to, is if it's Death Triangle splitting up, then potentially Pack versus either of the Lucha Bros, both the Lucha Bros, Penta versus Phoenix again. Yeah. Um, and also, it frees them up to do like, because I feel like. I feel like Pac was kind of hard done by with the whole um, all Atlantic title reign, where even though he did a lot with it, and he obviously a lot of it was in traveling around the UK with it, he didn't. It felt like he only like really scratched the surface. He didn't really get to do as much as he could have. Yeah. So I'd quite like for um, him to get like a singles title. Don't care which one. Um. Also, pack MJF, that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, speaking of MJF, he, he, he cut a little promo, which he's he's fighting Ricky Starks tonight. He cut a little promo Ricky Starks backstage, which was nice. After that, the acclaimed came to the ring mid rap They got interrupted by Satnam Singh and Sanjay Duth. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal came in. Um, Jay Lethal, uh, sorry, Jeff Jarrett hit Max Cass with the guitar. And yeah, they, it looks like they're going to be the elite, um, the acclaimed's next um, opponents, basically. Jay Lethal and the Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, he also said scissor this slap nuts. Which, yeah, I mean, um, I, I pop for that. Yeah, I did too. Uh, <laughs> also, Jeff Jarrett worked the Universal Studios dark tapings. Did he get like acid flashbacks? Him? Oh, I don't know. They, they probably just got him there just for just because it was the impact zone, didn't he? He's still got a spare key. Him, him and Satnam beat a low, beat up two jobbers, and then Jeff Jarrett said him and Jay Lethal were going to win the tag titles, which made me do a bit of a sad. <laughs> Now, speaking of jobbers, uh, next up then, Jeff um, Chris Jericho said he was going to beat up a jobber tonight. Bit of foreshadowing there. Yeah, not could possibly go wrong there. No, then um, we had um, a surprise Jungle Boy versus Brian Cage match, which was fine. Yeah, Brian Cage is just like Loki having bangers all of a sudden, isn't he? Yeah, he's like, right, I can't. He, he's he's, like, he's finally accepting what his role. Like, right, I can't really talk, so I've got Prince Nana to go shout nonsense, and I'm just going to have like really good matches. Yeah. Prince Nana sending emails to people about um, losing his fortune. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, th- this was fun. Um, it was really, they really, really cleverly worked the finish with um, Nana distracting and then Jungle Boy just like getting the roll up instead. Yeah, and then after the match, we had a little bit more action. So Jack Perry basically said he'd beaten. He's beaten all the big guys. He's beaten Luchasaurus. He's beaten Brian Cage. He calls out Big Bill. Um, Stokely Hathaway comes out. Big Bill and Lee Moriarty come out. I think they sort of start beating down on Jungle Boy. But then Hook comes out to make the save. Yeah. I think I'm more intrigued by Jungle Boy and Lee Moriarty having a match than I am Jungle Boy oh, and Big yes, Bill. Yes, please. I think that would be a really fun match. Yeah. I mean, Jungle Boy's having bangers with big lads, though. So, you know. Yeah. Jungle Boys just like they realized Jungle Boys just Shawn Michaels from like the mid 90s when he was like, but without like the attitude problems, without the politicking, yeah, and like the substance abuse. He's just like a banger machine, but like 
especially when he's like fighting against a bigger guy. Yeah. Uh, like 96 Shawn Michaels, like when he was like feuding with like Vader, Undertaker, uh, Mick Foley, Diesel at some point. Yeah. We also had um, House of Black just annihilating the factory, which yeah, oh, it wasn't stopped. It wasn't really a match. It was just like, <clears throat> it took before the match even started, everyone just got annihilated and then it ended up being like just QT by himself, like in the middle of the I, ring. I love I loved the like visual of this though, where um, some Nick Comrade gets in Julia's face and she black mists him. Yeah. And then like Brody and Buddy just kill everything. <laughs> anyone anyone who's like got a got factory colours on, they're in danger. So I really like what this is for the whole what the whole time this is happening. So like Brody's like throwing people through tables and like he, he kills Aaron Solo on the outside. Like oh. the whole time this is happening, Malachi's just sat in the ring, like not moving. He's sat in the corner just staring a hole through QT and QT is just looking scared in the other corner. And then eventually, like, like he's realised he just sold Malachi a dodgy car or something. And eventually, when everyone's when there's no one else left, um, the bell rings. Malachi Black just stands up, like spinning kicks QT Marshall into the oblivion, and then pins him. Yeah, there was there was that uh, table spot with Buddy doing the uh, Murphy's Law onto I think it was onto Cole Carter through Aaron Solo. Yeah, yeah, it just looked awful. Um, <laughs> Just have House of Black murder everybody. That's like the, the, and how over were they as well? Like everyone oh, here in House of Black. Yeah, they are. They are getting big chants and everything. They're the yeah. fucking coolest faction AW have. I don't care about your elite. I don't care about fucking Death Triangle. I mean, they, they took away Team Taz from me. So this <laughs> this is this is my new favorite thing. Um, just just let them go on a big old murder. Right, so next up then, we had um, Chris Jericho versus the jobber that he requested. This is a chap called Action Andretti. Uh, he's from um, Philadelphia, from the Pennsylvania sort of area. He'd been on Dark, hadn't he? been on Dark twice. He's wrestled Dante Martin and he's wrestled QT. He wrestled Dante Martin last year and he wrestled QT Marshall in October. Yeah, and apparently um, Chris Jericho was quite impressed by his match yeah. with QT Marshall. He basically chose him personally for um for the spot, basically. Yeah. Um, um and yeah, what a spot it was because so <laughs> this was this was such a such a weird it's it's I don't want to overblow it because a lot of people have gone over the top on it a bit, I think. But it was really cool and it was a very cool organic moment. Like so I, I think it was AW trying to replicate um one, two, three, good best razor Ramon. So it all it all sort of went by the numbers up to the point where Jericho hit the code breaker. Yeah, I think I think my issue the only issue I took with it, because I thought they did a really good job in like winning the crowd over, especially because Jericho was hated there. Mm. Um my my main issue was that Andretti won with his finisher. I would have had him just roll Jericho, just surprise him. Um, and obviously that's Jericho like trying to you know give him a bit more, like make make him feel a bit more legitimate because he he beat him with his finisher. Yeah. But at the same time, when you've got like a guy who the fans literally don't know his name, I mean so they, was, chanting, they, they were chanting "Yeah, let's go, Jobber," <laughs> and then Jericho was screaming "Action!" So everyone started chanting the "Let's go, Action!" But I tell you what, everyone knows his name now. Yeah. 
I, you know what, he's awesome. He's really fun, good. He, I mean, a lot of people have obviously a lot of people have drawn a lot of comparisons to one, two, three kid in his match with Razor Ramon. Yeah, um, well, I don't have any. <laughs> yeah, which obviously a lot of people have been saying. Uh, I see quite a lot of amazing red in him, mm. which is a good thing. Um, I love amazing red. Based off, um, based off the dark tapings, um. He's he's got an interesting like group he's joined. All right. I think you'll enjoy a lot. Fair. Uh, but no, apparently, um, apparently, yeah, the, the reason this all happened is Jericho basically saw him wrestle QT Marshall in October and basically said, yeah, he's a star. I want to make him. Yeah. And we know how protected Jericho is in AW in singles competition. He doesn't lose like very often. Yeah. And when Jericho does want to kind of give someone the rub, like the, the only other people really. Within AW, they given that to a uh, MJF Jungle Boy and Darby Al. And Jungle Boy was a, a draw. Yeah, and Dar- Darby was a loss. Yeah, Scorpio's guy actually as well. Yeah, you, you give him like the, the, that little rub, didn't he? Yeah, so I mean, Andretti was great. He had some banger moves. He hit a split leg moon Um, he got out the walls of Jericho. He dogs the he dogs the Judas effect. You know, he, he was he, he really like Jericho really sold for him like amazingly, like really, really well. You you let him like you you let him make Jericho look a bit silly, which is when he doesn't do it all the time, but because like, he's so protected, it felt like such a massive deal. Yeah, it was it was one of those things that so even even though I kind of like as I say, I, I didn't really like the fact that he won this finish out with the brother, he just rolled them up. I did think that it lent itself to it, it lent itself more to the fact that he kicked out of the code breaker and then he kept dodging the Judas effect and he got out of like basically everything Jericho threw at him he, he had like an answer for because right, so right, right up to that code breaker it felt like just a normal squash match like oh here we go Jericho's just gonna win with the code breaker and then he kicks out and then it's oh shit okay here we go and like, yeah. this is this is this is going somewhere different now yeah and it in that sense where it was little by little it was the the crowd was starting to believe more and more that Andretti could beat Jericho. Yeah. And I did. Um, and like, well, he's a made man, made up, you know, and he... Well, it was announced about an hour afterwards. Uh, I don't know if Tony Khan got his times mixed up with his scheduled tweets, but he announced that Max um, Andretti has signed a contract. He's all elite. Yeah. Which is awesome. Like, like You love to see it. Like, that was like, his, his like proper, like sort of trial match. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome. Um, yeah. Next up, then we had a few bit. Uh, Ricky had his promo, which was nice. Um, yeah, they they did a really good job of making MJF and Ricky Starks for for a match that's only really had what two three weeks of build. They made it feel like it was like a pay per view main event. Yeah. Uh, then next up, we had Ruby Soho versus Ty Mello. Um, probably, I think this was Ruby's best match in AW. Yeah. I think Ty, Ty, Ty really got to, she really got to show her stuff in this match. I thought it was I thought they, they worked really well together. Mm. Ty, I, I thought Ty being a like shitbag heel was fantastic in this match. Yeah, she had a she had a heel work like really down pat uh, in this match. It was great. It really um it really showed. I I was a bit like nonplussed in this match. Come on, I was a little burnt out after the, the Jericho Andretti match. I was a little like sort of like the emotion yeah. of that match kind of got me over, and I was like, oh, I don't really I don't know if I'm really feeling this one. And then it started, and I was like, oh no, actually, yeah, this is this is really really good. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, it was, as you say, it was probably Ruby's best match in AEW. 
yeah, it was really, really good. Um, yeah, actually, Ty, great heel work, really, really fun. Ruby played her part really well. Uh, after the match, Anna Jay came out and took Ruby out, so she's got problems still. With the two of them. So yeah, we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see where that all goes. Yeah, then Hangman cut one of the most heartfelt promos of all time. Fucking hell. This was a <laughs> th- this this was like a really, really good promo, but it was really fucking hard to hear. Yeah, she was talking about like being in the ambulance when he woke when he came to after being knocked out by Moxley, um, because he was concussed. The the paramedics were asking him stuff like what day is it? What city are we in? And he knew all the answers, he knew like what day it was, you'll never forget, etc. He knew what city where they were. And then he said they 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 held his phone like his, his phone went off or something. So they held up his phone and like his his phone like wallpaper was a picture of his son. And they said, "What's your son's name?" And he couldn't remember. Yeah, <laughs> it was like oh fuck! It was it was real it, emotional, it, like it was, real it heavy. Was the fact that Hangman was like really pissed off and then Evil Udo was like the worried friend in the background, like <laughs> Hangman, don't do any anything stupid here. Um, so, was, it, was it earlier in the night as well, though, Mox and. Moxie called out Moxie called out Hangman and his friends in the Dark Order. And yeah, yeah him and Alex Reynolds were like, yeah, let's fucking go. Yeah. So yeah, that's gonna happen. Um also Moxie's fighting Sammy on Rampage because of reasons. Um yeah. yeah, and then onto the main event. Um MGF versus Rick A. Starks uh, for all the marbles. This is for both the Dynamite Diamond Ring and the AEW. My only criticism of this is it kind of made the Dynamite Diamond Ring feel a bit insignificant. Yeah, I mean, it kind of already does because MJF's won it every fucking time. Yeah. I think it's, it's, I think they might, they might need to just like make that go away now. Like, MGF's, MGF's got the title. Like, he doesn't need it anymore, does he? The Dynamite Diamond Ring is essentially his million-dollar title. Yeah. But he's got the real title on so you know. But now he's got the real title, so he doesn't really need the diamond. Yeah. Yeah, but this match was really, really good. It was fucking awesome. It was so good. Um, um the ju- just like the sort of um so it's it's interesting. So obviously as as I said, um me and Aaron did a guest shot, like guest slot on a sweet gym one. I'll go friends and the subject matter was Savage and Steamboat from WrestleMania 3, and where it still holds up. And there was so much... I, I watched this match before I watched that. Because um, I thought, if I, if I don't watch that match, like, right before the podcast, I'll fucking forget it. Yeah. Um, and there was so many sort of parallels, like, looking back, that they took from that match. Um, which was, was awesome. Like, M- MJF just just being like an absolute gobshite um but not like not not like an underhanded heel just like a nasty heel yeah um obviously yeah, he was he was like every time Rick got some momentum he was like gouging his eyes like sort of stopping him like in his tracks wasn't he and sort of stuff like that yeah kept throwing him off the ring and just trying to get him count those um and then every time Ricky kind of like got a little glimmer of hope like it, it was it was a weird match in the sense that like like you knew that Ricky wasn't going to win, but every time Ricky got like a glimmer of hope, it was like fucking hell. You could actually do this here. You just just you, it just made you believe enough. It just give you that little bit of like, I, the doubt. I definitely think there's going to be a, a second match. Oh yeah, absolutely. Maybe I, not. Maybe not in, in the next month. Maybe not in the next six months. But somewhere down the line. I, I, re- I reckon it'll be like battle of the belts. Like oh, you're going to run it back straight away. No, no, no like. 
like in the summer. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I can I can see them doing it like after maybe if I've been though. But it, you could tell like they sort of like. Nah, uh, watch his face. MGF's got the ace of been done with. MGF don't put, don't want to wrestle any New Japan guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it was um, it was really good. It was really good. Um, and again, I really want to. I really want them to run it back. Um, MJF basically wins by distracting the referee and then hoofing Ricky in the dick and rolling him up. Yeah, which was great. I, I realised as well there was a bit after the Ricky at the spear when MGF just sort of lay there and went wait for Ricky to like drape his arm over him and as he did, he sort of counted it into salt of the earth. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. That was really cool. Well, yeah, once, like, again, MGF, once again, MGF once again just showing in the big matches that he really can't fucking go. Yeah, like MJF was like clinical in the sort of, he was picking apart Ricky's ribs and he was picking apart Ricky's arm. And obviously yeah. R- Ricky's two main moves are the spear and the Rochambeau. So both things he needs his ribs and his arms for. Shout out as well to Ricky Starks for like actually taping his ribs when his ribs are hurt, not his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> he's, um, wearing his, he's wearing his like tape like over his actual ribs, whereas a lot of wrestlers yeah. just tape over their stomach where there are no ribs. If you, you can feel it on yourself, you know, you can do, mm-hmm. do the work. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, these, these are great chemistry. Um, again, I, I feel like the sort of like ambiguity of the finish might play into a rematch down the line somewhere. I mean, obviously, MGF cheated, so there's definitely Ricky's got a grievance there and, and, a, and a legitimate cause for a rematch, hasn't he? Because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I like I liked the sort of simplicity of the finish as well. It wasn't over, it wasn't like overbooked or like it wasn't too elaborate. It was just the referee's not looking, kick him in the dick, and, and then just a roll up. He didn't even hit like a move or anything. Mm-hmm. It was like um, it was like the Derby album where he hit him with the diamond, diamond, and then. Head off takeover, take yeah. It it remind and it reminded me to to a little extent um of the start of Bobby Roode's uh, TNA title run when he was just low blowing everyone to win. I I, I get the impression that's probably going to be a lot of MJF's title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of dick kicks in, in, in the next couple of weeks. A lot weeks, of dick you know? kicks, a lot of hits with the dynamite diamond. Um, yeah, as MJF's kind of like high tailing it out of there, Brian Danielson's music hits, and he just. Runs him off, chasing uh, like a rabid dog. Yeah, there's that meme of MJF running away, screaming as Danielson's like charging after him. <laughs> um, it it was nice as well that they got the sort of like Danielson not like giving Ricky acknowledgement, like holding his arm up. Um, yeah, he he gives he gives Ricky some rub, and I and obviously Ricky's this isn't Texas, this is like Ricky's like adopted home Ricky's state. Oh yeah, yeah. So he, he was he was really popular with all the crowd, really really behind him, which was nice. I, I feel I feel like um, when we were saying like a couple of weeks ago that it, it feels as if they're like elevating the next sort of like crop. I feel like that went a long way in doing that for Starks. Like maybe I, I see. I don't I don't know what what they do with them now is because they need to keep them away from the t- the world title picture. But I don't. But now he's, now now he's touched that world title scene that that main event scene. Like you can't really take him down to like. One of the mid tier belts. I I was gonna say I don't I don't see Samoa Joe dropping the TNT title anytime soon. Yeah, I'm that. Yeah, I do, I do I do think we're gonna get a Samoa Joe MJF feud because of the 
Um, because of the, the, the shove. Yeah, because I think somehow I might have tweeted it not that long ago. <laughs> um, and MJF, like, had something to say about it. So it wouldn't surprise me if, like... But I, I think Joe's doing the fucking Lord's work as the king of television right now. Like, oh, absolutely, yeah. That Hawaiian shirt he was wearing this week. <laughs> fucking wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should we talk about uh, Rampage? Yeah, we yeah, do love Rampage. So Dynamite, I really enjoyed. I thought it was a, I, a I thought Dynamite was brilliant this week. Actually, I enjoyed Rampage as well a lot. Um, talking about what was I, on there. I was going to say I loved the Rampage main event, the uh, eight man. Yeah, well, let's we'll talk about the first match first because this was this is upsetting. Yeah. So this was John Moxley versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, early on into the yeah. match, basically, um, <laughs> Sammy just ripped one of Moxley's earrings out and all of the blood comes out of John Moxley. Yeah, like his ear was a fucking mess. Renee tweeted about it like an hour or two before, then she's saying, if you want to see my husband maybe lose his ear, I had to live that trauma in person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a really cool like visual as well. So after like after Moxie's been bleeding for a bit and like Sammy's got a load of Moxie's blood on him, him and like Moxie's in the ring, like down and like Sammy and Ty do deep kissing on the outside and like Sammy like smears by virtue of like sloppily kissing Ty, sort of smears Moxie's blood all over her face. And then as like they're doing that, Tiger sort of like catches out the corner and Moxie's about to dive to the ropes and she just like freaks out, shoves Sammy backwards and like shoves herself out the way and Moxie just annihilates Sammy through the ropes, which was incredible. Yeah. Like, the timing on it, like it had, they had to get that right, otherwise like it was good. Tiger's going to eat shit, but they, they got it perfect and it looked amazing. Yeah, Ty as well, like because she like, she's like sort of like pie face mocked and she, so she had a, like this blood like going down her wrist. Yeah. It just looked it was, fucking great. It was it was cool. Um uh Sammy put uh Mox in the walls of Jericho, which was fun. Um yeah, it was just it was a really fun match. I don't think it quite hit the heights for me personally of the Takeshita match from last week. No, like I I enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was I didn't think it was like anything. It was another, it was another solid to good Moxie match and Sammy yeah. played his part. Uh, anything I, more than good. And you got to see Sam get choked unconscious at the end, which is always fun. That, so, that was nice. Yeah. After the match, Moxie calls out Hangman. Hangman comes out. Um, I love how Uno's like trying to stop him, but he's just like, fuck that. And <laughs> they just batter each other, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, these two, when they finally have that match, it's going to be. Do, do you think they're going to be able to drag this out till Revolution? I suppose with, with the injury thing, they can kind of. Can kind of like prolong it, can't he? Yeah, but also, like, surely, if surely it's got to be like a lights out match now because oh, yeah, because they've been battering the crap out of each other, like, for so long. Been, yeah, it's it's like getting to like fucking meme worthy levels of like surprise hangman, yeah, but yeah, again, um, another yes. match that will be a match of the year contender for next year. And then they had a little FTR segment. Um, basically, mentioned Dax broke his tailbone. We saw the pics on social media. It looked horrendous. Yeah, like looked real bad. Um, and yeah, get super flexed onto a load of the chairs. Basically, um, challenged the Aspoys to a match on Dynamite. Yeah, and say when it was going to happen, did they? But uh, it's this week. Oh, is it? All right, fair. I mean, that's uh, are FTR good to go. Are they like are they healed up ready or? It's only the Aspoys, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. Uh, then we had Dr. Britt Baker versus Sky Blue. Uh, it didn't go super long this match, but it was fun. Uh, again, Sky Blue looked real good. She uh, she got some stuff in. Yeah. 
but I'm then... really, real excited for uh, Britt Baker and Billy Starks on Dark in the next couple of weeks. Ooh, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be exciting. Pa- apparently, they went like a while. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah, Britt Brit got a nose bust open as well, so you know, <laughs> there is that lovely stuff. But yeah, um, Britt won with a curb stomp, which was yeah. Um, Scabbly had a few nice bits, but she never really looked like she was gonna, you know, take the match. Um, after that, Britt Baker puts Scabbly and Lockjaw after the match. Sheeta comes out, makes a save, um, and then yeah, use the kendo stick to like annihilate Rebel and Britt Baker, and then faces off with Jimmy Hater because they're gonna wrestle this week on Dynamite for the women's title. That'll be very good. Yeah, it's gonna be real good fun, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then next up. We had a very upsetting sit-down interview between JR and Preston Vance. No, thank you. Basically, fans just said that uh, the Dark Order aren't his real brothers, Roosh and Jose are. Um, he was handpicked by Brody Lee, but that's all being squandered in the Dark Order. And like Now, Roosh believes in him like Brody Lee did, and now uh, Brody Jr. is turning to a spoiled brat in the two years since his dad passed away. Yeah. It's like, oh, it fucking is. hell. When, when negative one like turns eighteen, and he just comes and like the murder on ten. It's going to be glorious. Oh, it's going to be yeah, it's upsetting. Uh, oh, next wait. Next match was Wardlow destroying Exodus Prime. Um, basically, power bomb the shit out of him in like uh, two Exodus minutes. Prime sounds like a Mass Effect uh, planet. <laughs> it does, like, like a human colony for Mass of Mass Effect. Yeah, and then we had the main event. So this was Dustin Rhodes, Orange Cassidy, Chuck and Trent. Company by Danhausen versus Kip Sabian, Trent Seven, the Butcher, and the Blade. Um, and I this more Danhausen and Dustin Rhodes. Like when 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 Dustin when they were doing the interview, Danhausen was just staring at him. And Dustin kept like so. What, what's, what, what's the thing the Butcher says? Um, pre 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 match. It's dial one eight hundred something. One eight hundred crumbs or something like that. And they call them crumbs. Yeah, and then like uh, Chuck and Trent, they're like. Dude, that, that's not enough numbers for a phone number. Yeah. Well, and it's got letters. <laughs> yeah. Um, she said Dan Housen. I, I, I love the fact that, like, as well, none of them got away, away. Then it was just, like, all the heel team. And, like, Dustin was like, whoa, 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 Mark, we want to stay stuff. <laughs> and literally they said that. And Dustin was like, yeah, I'm satisfied with that. <laughs> yeah. It was it really was, like, good a fun. really, really cool fit with the best friends. Yeah. And then we got onto the main event. Um, and yeah, this was this was just chaos, wasn't it? It was just like it was just that that old school like multi man AEW tag team chaos. Yeah. Um, except with, except with Trent Seven, and for some reason, if you told me at the start of twenty twenty two that we were going to see Trent Seven having a one on one confrontation with Dustin Rhodes, I need that match so much, and I, I I really want Trent and Samoa Joe as well, just because that'd be nice. And just, just yeah, I, I, I think Trent Seven would be a really good signing, to be honest. Yeah, just get get him in Ring of Honor. Well, I will say Tony did mention about him uh, potentially challenging in Ring of Honor when he was asked whether, what about Trent's um, sort of contract status. Obviously, he's not. I don't think he's officially signed, but he's obviously sticking around for a little bit, having a few matches, which is quite nice. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did like the um, the thing with him and Trent where they were just shouting at each other, "I'm Trent," and then <laughs> yeah. just dropping each other on the heads. There was a great moment as well where the bunny came into the to the ring and orange Eddie Guerrero like he'd been kicked in the dick and then Penelope yeah. Ford came in to sort of see what was going on and then Dan Housen did the same. 
And when when um, Bryce was ejecting them and Dan Housen and Orange turned to each other and high five each other. And then Dan Housen gets up and like basically like, <laughs> pats Bryce on the back for doing his job and Bryce like, hang on, weren't you like in pain a second ago? <laughs> yeah, uh, just oh, Dan Housen's so entertaining. Yeah, it was uh, really, I, I, really, really fun stuff. As I say, I loved the whole like thing with him and Dustin Rhodes where he's like just staring at him, like confused as to why he was there. Yeah. So good. But no, really, really fun match. Like proper, like proper, proper chaos. Um, obviously, like best friends doing best friend stuff. Uh, Orange, yeah. Orange Cassidy just continues to be one of the best value performers in not only AEW but all of professional wrestling. Like you know, you always know you're getting a good time out of Orange Cassidy. Someone described yeah. someone described him as like his gimmick as like he doesn't go until he has to, and then he goes like harder than anyone needs to. Yeah. Well, it's it's mad. So there's a there's like a little mini documentary about him. By like the same guy that the MJF one, um, oh shit, what's his name? Kenny something. Anyway, um, it's literally about him talking like how he how he quit came up with the character, and he said he said, well, there was no one really doing like that, and he tried he tried to be like essentially like another Brian Danielson, and that kind of like area in the market was already like filled, so yeah. it wasn't. And then out. So then, when he started doing that, everyone was like, "Who the hell's this guy?" And that—that's how he—that's literally how he did it. He's literally one of the smartest guys in wrestling. Yeah, he knows his characters like better than anybody. All right, all right. That's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for Rampage uh, again. Yeah. Solid, solid show. Uh, really, really enjoyed AW this week. Um, really, mm-hmm. really, really good stuff. Uh, that's also gonna wrap up part one of uh what we. Our week in wrestling. Um, yeah. We'll have a, yeah, so we'll have a quick break. If you're on Jack's radio, you can have some music. We'll have some white stripes, some black keys, and some of the strokes as well, if you're lucky people. And we're back in a few minutes to talk all about the news. Are you having trouble sleeping or always feel tired? It's time to try Recovery PM and see why thousands of customers keep coming back for more. Most over-the-counter sleep aids are just melatonin. The problem with that is, if you can't relax and fall asleep in the first place, that melatonin is going to make you irritable. Recovery PM is a professional blend of nine clinically proven natural sleep aids and tranquilizers plus magnesium, so you're going to relax and then experience deep sleep and wake up refreshed and ready to attack the day. Your whole life is affected by lack of sleep. Your work, your relationships, your mood, your performance, and guys, that includes in the bedroom. Did you know that lack of sleep reduces your testosterone by as much as aging 10 years? So upgrade to Recovery PM for 30 days and you'll be amazed how you feel. Thousands of people already have and over 85% of them come back for more. So now Jay, I know you have been taking Recovery PM for the past few weeks. Yeah, last uh, how, three weeks or so. How have you been finding it? Um, I'm honestly finding it really good. Um, I've noticed my sleep's a lot more regular, like a lot more regulated, I should say. Um, I'm not nowhere near as groggy when I wake up. And definitely less irritable. Definitely less irritable. Um, <laughs> I'm, again, it's it's benefiting me because I've started a new job and obviously my sleep patterns drastically changed. 
Um, Especially like you, I know without without giving too much away, you, you've been working from home, so you've been obviously you've been doing nothing that everyone who works at home does with it. Wake up like ten minutes before they're meant to start work. Yeah. So well, for you, for not, you being able to wake not up, not today, full hour, mate. <laughs> so for you, like being able to wake up and feel sharp, like straight from the bath, yeah, is really beneficial. Oh, it's awesome. I'm I'm not a morning person at all. I'm terrible at like when I wake up. I'm terrible at kind of like sort of motivating myself to do anything for the first like sort of 10-15 minutes I'm awake yeah so I, really I, 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 I can tell the stuff been working for you because the Discord has been a lot quieter at night time with you not shit posting all the time so <laughs> yeah that's true that's true uh, so if people want to jo- follow in your footsteps Jay and they want to get hold of some of this recovery PM and improve their sleep how can they do it uh, go to recoverypm.com and use our code UWP all in caps uh at the checkout for 15% off your order. Uh, you can also use that at legacysubs.com as well. Um, same code and yeah, 15% off. It uh, really helps the podcast out. Uh, means we can do a lot more cooler stuff that we're kind of like looking at doing um, in the new year. And if you're wondering where Recovery PM comes from, it's um, sort of spearheaded by Nick Aldis, who is yeah. a high-level high professional athlete. He knows exactly what he's talking about. He's run Legacy Subs for a number of years now. He really he knows the game. He knows what it's all about. Um, we had him on, the, on an interview as well, and he kind of gave us a bit of a background on the company within the interview. Oh, sweet. So, yeah, go and check that out if you want to learn more. And, yeah, get the best sleep of your life today at recoverypm.com. Yeah. <laughs> news. Okay, and we're back. Um, right, we've got some big news stories again. It was a weird one. Like, a lot of news broke like as soon as we finished recording the podcast last week. Like, Always the way. It all went nuts. Uh, so the first big one to break. Um, WWE, uh, Matt Riddle. Um, it was written off WWE television on the 5th of December. This is allegedly after he failed a second drugs test with the expectation he'll be attending rehab and he'll be out for approximately six weeks if he does attend rehab and completes their, their sort of so, rehab course. One thing that needs to kind of like be elaborated on as well is that marijuana doesn't fall under what no. they test. So it's, it's, something, it's something more like severe than that. Yeah, well, you mean because I mean, do you think there's a chance that Matt Riddle might smoke marijuana? Only a small one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. So, sort of bad. He looks like he has one of those funny vape pens. <laughs> um, don't ask him what's in it. It's fine. But yeah, it, it's um, apparently the the other like the first failed drug test as well was around SummerSlam. Yeah, that's what got his match with Seth pushed to Clash of the Castle apparently. Yeah. yeah, which um when when you see um when you look back and like you see Seth Sweet saying I did everything in my power to get on SummerSlam and Triple H is like sort of thing going, I hear you. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then also the stomp that uh, Rollins did on Riddle at Clash in the Castle, where he like legit just fucking stomped his face into the mat as hard yeah. as he fucking could. Oh dear. Uh probably yes. a bit of resentment there. Yeah, fair. Uh, next up, I've just got on the bullet point just Mandy Rose stuff. So, obviously, one of the big stories this week, Mandy Rose was released by WWE. She dropped the title to uh, Roxanne Perez and then was released. This was after um, people are saying that. So, so basically, she has a sort of private website where she 
posts. Kind of like an OnlyFans. Kind of like an OnlyFans. She posts like pictures, videos, and stuff. Uh, apparently, don't even aware of this for some time. Apparently, a lot of conflicting reports on this. Some people say that she was asked to take it down and she refused because uh, obviously she makes a fair bit of money from it. Um, some people saying that WWE only just became aware of it, um, and basically it, it went against their sort of family-friendly sort of. Despite the fact that they were literally last year telling Athena to be sexier, just like Mandy Rose was. Yeah. Um, but here we go. This this is apparently too sexy, so she had to go. Um, they released her. She apparently I, I had a rumor that like it, it was more to do with like Mattel because it's like because they own her body rights or something because they make the action figure or something or some nonsense. Uh, so there's a load of shady shit that came out of this. So first it's of all, all fucking stupid. Yeah. So first of all, apparently WWE tried to like plant a story that she'd asked for her release. Yeah. And there was something else that come out where Matt Bloom had like gone to Shawn Michaels and been like. Oh, we need, we need we need to get her off telly immediately. Yeah. Like, what's he doing in his spare time? Looking at fucking <laughs> that for a start. What's he been on these websites? Yeah. Um... Surely that's a fucking conversation with HR right there. <laughs> um... So yeah, um, don't know what's going to happen with Mandy. Whether she's going to continue wrestling. I mean, she's obviously doing well enough. I mean, and, and again, one of the one of the reports is that she was given the option of like basically staying with WWE and closing down this website or you know keeping it up and being released and she obviously chose to keep the website going she obviously enjoys what she's doing there she's making a lot of money I apparently mean, yeah like CJ Perry the former Lana put like said something this week about how she's made more money the reason why she's not going back to wrestling recently is because she's made more money on like her version of that than she did within WWE, which is insane to think. Yes, it was reported, again, only rumours that the money Mandy was making is making off this website is more than her downside contract. I mean, Mandy's put the prices up. Put it, put it up from $25 to 40 Right, and people are paying it, clearly. So, you know. People are paying it, so, you know. Um, yeah, well, I'm sure I'm sure Aaron will be getting the scoops off a known spy, Tino Sabatelli. Um, oh, this, uh, this is hilarious. So, yeah, I mean, like, talk about where, where could Mandy pop up next? I know Impact, uh, Tommy Dreamer's reached out to her, which is hilarious because, you know, why the fuck would she go to Impact? I mean, Mandy Rose has been fucking awesome the last year in, in NXT. Mm. Whenever I've seen her wrestle, she's looked fucking And she, she's got a lot of credibility. She's coming off a 400-day title reign. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know. Literally, she gets compared a lot to Trish Stratus, and that's, like, that's no small praise. No. I, I think... Tony Khan would be fucking stupid not to try and sign her. The downside is, though, that her boyfriend is Tina Sabatelli, who was the guy who was really bad of during lockdown, attended some AW tapings, and then proceeded to basically go back to WWE and tell them what was happening at AW. No, just tell Tina to fucking fuck off. <laughs> Rumpy, pumpy ass in fucking wherever they live. Orlando. Back, to, back to whichever shower he wants to. Mm. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so a lot of Mandy Rose stuff going on there. Um, it's, it's obviously it's all it's all still up in the air. No one knows where 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 she's going to pop up in another in another wrestling company. I mean, now it's, I mean, but this this throws another another layer of compl- complexity into the into the page. So the Soraya um, mystery opponent, mystery partner in January. No, because she'll have ninety days, even though she's been fired. Yeah, yeah, because it's still released. Oh, it's still released, isn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because her, her, and, her and Soraya were together in Absolution, weren't they? They were. If um, if she was on a um, if if she was on an NXT contract, she would have had thirty days. But because she'd come from the main roster, 
Mm. She'll have been on a main roster one, so she'll have 90s. Fair. Anyway, Unless we... Malachi Black and you have the fucking... <laughs> Unless they just forgot to update it like they did with Malachi Black. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, then, moving on. Um, in an exclusive interview for WrestlingNews.co, Maki Ito claimed that she would not accept a WWE contract if she was offered one, claiming that she would, quote, stay beside AEW all the way. So she said basically AEW were the ones who sort of got her exposure in the US. They put her in the tournament. Uh, they sort of took a chance on her, and now she basically feels like a sense of loyalty to AEW. She wouldn't wrestle for WWE. Did you see that thing as well where she lost... Um, I can't... She lost something, like, important. It was either, like, a purse or a passport or something. And, like, Excalibur sorted it all out for her. Oh, fair. Like, she called Excalibur, and he was like, leave it with me. I'll, I'll, don't worry Don't worry about anything. Yeah. And, like, it all out for her. And, yeah, so... There's obviously that. She, she's been popping up in the GCW as well. Yeah, she's been back in the US uh, doing a few bits. Of I don't think she's been on AW television this time. She's been, she, no, she, she she's been over. She did uh, join the uh, MDK gang, though. Yes, she did. Because I thought we were, for a brief moment, I thought we were getting Nick Gage versus Makito, which gave me the fucking fear. <laughs> Um, sticking, uh, keeping with AEW, another bit of news. AEW have signed former WWE Vice President of Global Television Production, Mike Mansuri. Uh, he was formerly seen within WWE as the eventual successor to Kevin Dunn. Uh, this has been followed by Wrestling Observer reporting that AEW are planning to change the look of both Rampage and Dynamite sometime in the new year. I'd like them to do, you know, like the um, the ramp they had for Grand Slam. Yeah. Like do that all, all year round. What was that the one at the the LED on like the, the screens on the ramp? Yeah, yeah, the video ramp. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, how about you just make it like all multicolored and like dead bright? Have it like someone like a kid's had like a, a pack of Jelly Babies. Yeah, just call it like a, a, call it AW two Yeah, um, and then just sign yeah. a load of like football players and have trend through wrestles. Re- really, release all the uh, all the seasoned veterans. Release anyone over the age of thirty five. And yeah, just hire yeah, it. Chris Jericho over the hill, mate. Get him out. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. It's just it's just the numbers, <laughs> mate. You just it's just the wrong side of thirty. What can um, I say? One one thing actually, while we're on the subject of that, which I know notice you haven't put down here, is apparently Kenny's uh, contract coming up. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Can you see him leaving though? I mean, we said the exact same thing about Cody Rhodes, didn't we? This time last yeah, year, Kenny isn't getting booed out many buildings, is he? Well, he was in Chicago, mate. <laughs> oh, in Chicago, yeah. It's, it's fine. Nah, I don't think Kenny's gone anywhere. Um, it's interesting, though. He's, his contract's coming up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everyone's contract's coming up at some time. You'd, you'd imagine. Yeah. Um, also, another news thing that you haven't put here, but I thought it was worth was having a little chat about instead of what you have put there. <laughs> um, I mean, that's just a little, that's just a little throwy for the end. It's something to laugh about. Just like, you know, a little... A little customary non-bashing you love to see it. Um, the rumoured Royal Rumble cards come out. Oh, right, okay. Enlighten me. So, um, the main event is the uh, Roman defending the belt against Kevin Owens. Right, I, uh, I can imagine that, yeah. Ronda Rousey versus Raquel Rodriguez. Mm, okay, I mean, at least if they've wrestled each other, then they can't wrestle anybody else, I suppose. Yeah, both, both Rumble matches... And then two very interesting gimmick matches. The first one is Edge versus the Demon Finn Balor, right? Uh, in what's looking like it's going to be a Hell in a Cell match. Okay. 
which, yeah, I'm down for that. And the other is called a pitch black match. Um, and no other details were given, but it's believed it's going to be Brave as LA Knight. So it's going to be like the blindfold match in TNA. The Prince of Darkness match. No, is, this, no. is this Jeremy Borash getting his getting under the feet under the table? I, you, you know what they should just do? Just make it a lights out match. Have have a fish market street fight. Have, have Bray Wyatt. I want to see Bray Wyatt twat LA Knight with a massive salmon. Have Bray Wyatt, Sister Abigail, LA Knight through a door. <laughs> and everyone act all the fucking WWE flag boys act like fucking WWE visionaries. And have, have, went through a door. Have, I'll break him out with a massive snake for some reason. What if Uncle Howdy's Joey Janela? <laughs> <laughs> hey, they, they walk the same. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, a couple again. Stories we haven't talked. I haven't written down here because I sort of grabbed all these sort of last minute. Uh, yeah. Another thing we need to talk about: um, Jonathan Gresham has signed with Impact Wrestling. He has great signs. Sort of also implies that he's had his release from AW, and that was never officially reported. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty much reported on, wasn't it? I mean, it was. Like, it was kind of assumed it was going to be Bradford, when he when he just disappeared from AW. Yeah, like it was. It was pretty much a given. I would have said. Um, yeah. Uh, another thing as well, we haven't got written down here because again, we're we're organised like that. Um, there was a rumor killer from Fightful Select on Goldberg's contract. Um, in that there was there was a rumor going around um, that he signed a new deal with five matches. Um, he's shut that down and said um, the company that. His reps uh, don't know about it, so he, so as far as he's concerned, he hasn't signed a new contract. Just five matches all over the two days of WrestleMania. Oh, dumb. Well, Goldberg Mania. Well, one of the things, one of the things as well, which gave me the fear, was the three of them were against people he'd never wrestled before. It was like, who's Goldberg and a fucking Betty? And the other two were Roman and the Fiend. He's going to bury Bregan. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, and one before we go on to our final, like little little fun story. Uh, another thing again, I forgot to put down because I'm a mad, like unprofessional. Um, Suzuki Goon are breaking up. Yeah, as I'm wearing my Suzuki Goon shirt. That's, that's, that's what made me think about it. Yeah. Um, so Minoru Suzuki announced that at the end of 2022, Suzuki Goon will go. He said on their separate journeys. I think was the way the, the, the phrase he used. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because they're doing an eight man. Tag where it's Suzuki, Archer, Despi, and I want to say Kanemaru. Could be, um, it could be, um, Dookie. Let me double check. Um, against Saber, Taichi, um, and whoever else is left because Suzuki has got a fucking revolving door of people. So it's going to be Suzuki, Lance Archer, El Desperado, and Takamichi Noku. Versus Zack Sabre Jr., Taichi, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and Duki. Um, it will. That'll be on the. Uh, that'll be on Friday. Um, oh, right. oh, wow. Okay, so that's coming around. Yeah. Um, now, what's interesting is the way Suzuki Goon was formed was that it was originally, I think it was Kojima Goon. So, Breadman's faction. Yeah. And then made the granddad just come along and took it off, took it off him. So 
are they going to do like the whole like Sith Lord thing and have Zack Sabre Jr. just like oh. make prize? Because I think I think Sabre's ready to be like yeah the top guy in New Japan. He's ready to be a main player, isn't he? Oh, he's fucking awesome. I love Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, yeah. He wrestled Leon Slater yesterday. I can't believe that happened in the in this country. I need to I need to see it for Rev Pro. Yeah. Also, uh, your boys, uh, Greedy Souls, had a street fight with Sun Machine. And beat them. And beat them. Because they are the best tag team in and, the UK. And the great O'Khan beat Zach Zodiac for the uh, Undisputed British Heavyweight Championship. Oh, damn. Yeah. I can the only imagine the amount of debauchery that followed. Oh, mate. He, he must have gone to every lap he could find nearby. <laughs> and then, like, just so much kebab at the end. <laughs> Every every, uh, every kebab shop round by your call, I'd like a red alert on this. Shags and kebabs, all nice. Kebabs. <laughs> oh, I love the great Okan. He's fucking insane. Uh, right then, one last little bit of throwaway, a little factoid for you. Remember former WWE star Jack Gallagher, disgraced from speaking out. And to it too is, I mean, I'm not going to give him any credit because he's a fucking sex pest, but um, one of the few people who actually like took the L. When he, when they were called out by speaking out, yeah, he he sort of like said he was like acting to raise awareness for others, which I mean, yeah, actually one of the few people who actually expressed like some amount of remorse when, when yeah. didn't, mean, didn't mean you go into like denial mode, which is he, yeah. somewhat commendable, even though he is a bit of you know he's a bad lad. He, he tried he tried to kind of like atone for himself, but I mean still. I mean, anyway, it's fine because he got sparked everywhere in his own May debut. Basically, he got TKO'd the first round by Marlon Jones. Good. Um, so, yeah, there you go. That's that's all I've got on that. The, there was another big bit of news we've actually omitted from a note as well um, in regards to uh, one of the Golden Lovers. Oh, yeah. Abushi. Yeah. And Abushi's contract is up next month. Um, and he's apparently he's held talks with AEW. McKenna, you're going to do all the deep kissing, but also we've well, they've, stuff. they've got to replace the regal Excalibur love, like love story now, and there was something else, yeah. Um, but he, uh, he said he said that, um, he he actually said this as well, like this is a statement from him. Um, he's the quote is, My plan is my plan for the future is to have my own promotion and do a lot of volunteering. There are really big offers from AEW and all over the world, but I would like to make a contribution. But rather than visiting nursing homes and so on, of course, I'm also thinking of giving back to pro wrestling vinegar. I don't know why it's a vinegar at the end, but he did. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a boosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he said, and, and then he said, I'm happy. So in 2023, I'm thinking of contributing to the world and giving back to professional wrestling. And above all, I want to live with the world with professional wrestling. I'm also a player. Um, he is indeed, can confirm. Um, yeah, and, and one last little bit, the final, promise you the final bit of news, uh, if you're wondering what uh, Takeshita's been up to, if, if you're not following Takeshita on Twitter, give him a follow, he's been like, uh, he's been adapting to life in America, which has been amazing, but the other day he looked after Cole Cabana's dog for a bit, and they made really good friends with each other, so yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, and I, I want Takeshita to get a puppy now. <laughs> um, he, wouldn't, he, he wouldn't cheat on his friend like that. No, it's true. Well, what if he's getting a new friend for for his older friends? Come, possibly. Yeah, I mean, fair play. But give him a follow on Twitter because his whole like sort of 
adjusting to life in America, like um, journey has been incredible. From like his first like return to Cinnabon when he went to Costco for the first time, uh, he went to Trader Joe's for the first time. It was it's been great. It's been like he just helped, watching. helped his next door neighbor put the Christmas tree up. Yeah, imagine like Tanoshi just comes around to put your tree up, and it's like, <laughs> how, how awesome is that? Uh, All yeah. those next door neighbors. <laughs> it looks kind of like where um, Kenny and Don Callis's house was. Yeah. Uh, right then, that's going to wrap us up for news. We're going to have another quick break. Yeah. If you're on Jack's radio, you can have some more music. We'll have some Taken Back Sunday, some Incubus, and some Block Party. I'll be with you very soon to talk you through some talking points. All right, we're back. Uh, final part of the podcast. We're going to go through a few talking points. Uh, so this is this is going to roll a little bit into our sort of end of year stuff because it's you know Christmas next week. It's getting to, getting to that time of the year. I have to start thinking about like sort of how we're going to sum up. I mean, I haven't, I haven't even thought about match of the year. Like, I can't even, I can't even comprehend that right now. Yeah, I've I've got a list because obviously we do, we do top fifteen. Is it? Well, we do like we do like top ten each, don't we? Then we have like five. Um, like I thought we do top fifteen the whole year. I mean, and we do like ten for like this the latter part of the year. Oh, right, okay. But yeah, I don't know. I've, we need we need to clarify that before I before I start putting my list together properly. Like. I've got a list of about thirty matches from the year. Um, and... I mean, the only thing I can think of doing is limiting it to so many from each promotion because otherwise I would know where to start. I mean, yeah, because at the moment I've got all three FTR Briscoes matches in the fucking list. <laughs> I mean, that's it's it they're they're well they're justified, but that seems a bit um a bit what do you mean extravagant, excessive. So we'll, we'll go over something I don't think we're going to talk about in our end of year award. Something I I kind of want to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. Our first talking point is what for you? What was the most shocking wrestling moment of 2022? Because there's been a fair few. <laughs> Vince McMahon retiring. Yeah, I mean, I I never thought I I legitimately even when all the ac- allegations and accusations came out, I thought that fucker's gonna die in office. And it's been it's been like the it's been like a roller coaster of of like everything. So like he the allegations came out and then he sort of tried to like brush them off. And then he, he was sort of like there was an investigation, and he was sort of forced out. And then, like even just the other week, he was like, "There was this that week? story." Yeah, this week there was that this story. Week, that, he was story saying, he was trying to come back. Yeah, he was saying he got given some bad advice from from people about like stepping down. He was thinking of coming back, and people who were like the biggest Vince supporters in the company are like, if "He comes back, it'll kill the company. <laughs> it will fucking ruin us." It I hope just, the company. I, I hope they just change the locks. Oh, you'd think so. Just just see Vince, like, (laughs) just wandering around Triple H's garden, like, Paul, Paul, let me in. (laughs) Like when um, when on on and there's like Cody's house, setting things on fire. (laughs) He was setting Cody's ties on fire. Oh, that was so good. So, I mean, we had, so talk about other moments then. We had Cody returning to the WWE. That happened this year. That, did, that feels like a fucking lifetime ago. <laughs> that was a thing that happened this year. We had brawl out. Obviously, that was that was a a, a mad one. Yeah, man, Jesus. We had yeah. every everybody getting suspended for just punching Sammy Guevara. <laughs> Roos getting suspended for just like shoot, hitting Blake Christian on the head with a just, chair. Just shoot murdering Blake Christian, trying to kill him. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, there's been. Remember when Tyson Fury sang American Pie at the end of a WWE pay-per-view? Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I oh, fuck man, I don't know. Like, there's 
there has been like a lot of really kind of like shocking moments. Um, I mean, even Regal showing up in AW, and then, yeah, me... and then leaving. Yeah. <laughs> um, like that was like all... remember remember when um when when Everton signed like Hammers Rodriguez and he never played in front of fans because of COVID, and then he just left. <laughs> it's like it feels a bit like that. I like, remember when William Regal turned up in AW for like a bit and then just disappeared again. <laughs> it <was> like... yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's there's. I mean, I'd say the big ones, obviously Cody. Um. Brawl out and Vince. They're like the the three big ones, aren't they? Like, remember the death of control your narrative. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Remember WES? Oh, WES. The fucking yeah, remember... a pains promotion. Yeah, they could write, but they couldn't draw. <laughs> well, like the authors are lame. Am I right? <laughs> when they they basically booked Nia Jax and like didn't pay her, so she was like, "Fuck that! I'm not. I'm not coming." Yeah, they they uh they they it was like the most blatant fucking cash grab, wasn't it? Yeah. And the fact that they went from doing like an arena, apparently they only sold like it. Oh, it was it wasn't a lot. No, it was laughable. It, it was a laughable number of tickets, I believe that that they sold. I, from I remember reading. I think Fightful put something up, and it was like. Under a hundred or something like that. Jeez, that's like that's like end. That's like end of Dixie Carter Rain TNA numbers. That's like control your narrative numbers. Except you know, no one called Record Tribute Band. No, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you can think of? I mean, I'm sure. Like, it's... I mean, Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor this year as Tony, well. Yeah, that that Tony Khan. I mean, that was that was kind of something you all thought might happen. It was more sort of thing you hoped would happen, wouldn't it? Yeah. Then there yeah. was like Claudio winning the Ring of Honor title twice. Claudio leaving WWE. Yeah, that uh, was this year. Yeah, Regal. Remember, remember Regal got Regal got fired. Remember when like Vince just fired all Triple H's mates when he was still recovering from heart surgery. Yeah. <laughs> all Triple H's boys, and then then all, most of them were in AW. Jeff Jarrett getting ousted for Road. Jeff Jarrett worked in every promotion. Rick Flair's last match. Yeah, it's it's been it's, been, it's been it's been it's been a year, hasn't it? It's been a it's been a fever dream of a year. It really <laughs> fucking has. Uh, this was meant to be the first normal one. This was meant to be like everything's back to normal. <laughs> yeah, and here we are. I mean, even like on a, on a bit more personal note, because we knew it was coming. But GCW doing three show three nights in Liverpool. Yeah, we, we we went to a GCW show in Liverpool. We're going yeah. to next year. We're going to another one, and we're also going to Effie's Big Gay Brunch in Liverpool. We we interviewed Effie. Yeah, on a bar, on a fucking stage. Yeah, on on the bar of Coyote Ugly from the film. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a fucking crazy year. <laughs> it's been a fucking crazy old year. Uh, right, we'll move on then. Something a bit more seasonal, a bit more topical. Um, which wrestler would you most like to have over for Christmas dinner? Takeshita. Next, oh, I mean, could you just? I mean, could you just have? I, I'd do that. Just have some cin- lovely cinnamon for for Christmas. Nah, KFC, wouldn't he? Tradition in Japan. Oh yeah, look, yeah, look, KFC, and then uh, and then cinnamon for afters. Yeah, that's that's see, I'd I'd, yeah, re- well, oh, I'd really like, year, oh, that's oh, like 
you'd have to get it on Christmas Eve and like keep it in the oven, wouldn't you? <laughs> you warm it up the next day. Yeah, yeah just, I mean, just, just keep it the oven on like one bit of foil over it. <laughs> keep it warm. Uh, on a personal level, I think I'd really like to have Eddie Kingston over. I think he'd be really, really polite to my mum, and then like afterwards, yeah, after, then- afterwards when she goes to bed, we could drink whiskey and talk about like wrestling, like talk he'd wrestling probably, stories. He'd probably, he'd probably help help your mum do the dishes. Um. And then he'd be really polite, yeah. Then he'd talk about like killing people. Yeah, just have a, have a few have a few glasses of whiskey and yeah, talk about uh, uh, talk about all the time he's been murdered, Icarus in Chicago. In Chicago. <laughs> I'd, I'd like I'd like Eddie Kingston, um, Adam Cole as well. Oh, he's just really sweet, wouldn't he? Your hanger. Yeah, I mean Adam Cole. I suppose you get the package deal when you because you bring Brit. Yeah. So you get yeah, but you'd get. The, the cold bakers. And if you were like, you know, Adam, um, you know after, after dinner, do you want to get on the SNES Classic and do a bit of a do a bit of Donkey Kong yeah. And you'd be like, yeah. Oh, no, you'd, you'd do a cold campaign of Halo. <laughs> you'd be down for a bit of gaming afterwards, yeah. Yeah. Um, should all of should, the Blackpool like, Combat Club. So we should pick some WWE guys who because I think we'd be a bit biased there. Yeah. I mean, Sammy yeah. would be lovely, wouldn't he? Sammy would be great. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy New Day. Need, oh yeah, I mean, what, what, I don't know. Do you reckon they'd be a bit too loud for Christmas? Like, you know when nah. you, you know you know when you just want to after Christmas dinner when you're fucking knackered and you just want a nice quiet one, and he's got the fucking trombone. Else, we'll just run around with the fucking trombone. And you're like, mate, just just give us five minutes. Nah, because you'd have you'd have Biggie just like <laughs> true, yeah. You'd have Biggie talk talking about hockey and getting you to call Tyler Breeze, so he could just like berate him, <laughs> telling stories about Brody. Um, I think Bray would be an interesting one. Yeah, I don't think I could handle that energy on Christmas Day. I don't think. No, that's true. That's <laughs> I don't true. think I have the mental capacity for it. You'd have, you'd have like five guests in one there. Um, <laughs> I don't think I could handle it. I don't think I could take it. I think my brain would just break. The, the puppet show as you're trying to fucking eat your dinner. <laughs> um, Brock, because he'd bring a big fucking slab of meat. He would bring like a full cow or something, wouldn't he, with him? Like, he'd, did he put down stuff? whatever the fucking meat you would have him with? <laughs> what, barehanded? Just like fucking snap its neck with his hands? Yeah. Snap its neck, then carve it with just like a fucking machete. Turn up on a tractor with just like a carcass on the back. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, right, we'll move on real quick. Not Nothing wrestling related, but just like a nice sort of festival to finish on. Uh, what's your favourite Christmas film? Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, and that is the right answer. Um, can I, can I, can I, can I have an opinion? Can I shout out an opinion that's going to get me cancelled? If you say love, actually, I'm going to fucking. No, no I'll, 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 I wouldn't bring that up. No, I'm, right. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm really sorry with this. I'm not a big elf guy. I've never seen elf. I see. I didn't I've... see it. I didn't see it until like a few years ago. So I, I didn't watch it when it came out. I, I was like, I was a bit too old for it. I think when it came out, and like, so I, did, I don't have that like built in nostalgia that a lot of people have for Elf. So like, I saw it and I was like, it's, it's, it's all right. Like, I'm not, a, I'm not a big Christmas film kind of guy. Oh no, I mean, so like, I, 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 I do actually. I don't. I'm going to be careful here. I can. I understand why people don't like Love Actually. I know why you're being careful because you're a coward. <laughs> But I, for me, it's that's when Christmas starts. Is when I see Love Actually for the first time on telly. Ah, I mean, Muppets Christmas Carol is the correct answer. I'm also really partial because just because it's for two reasons. One, because it's like sort of where'd you fall on Die Hard? Oh, I mean, it is a Christmas film. Yeah, you watched it at Christmas. Yeah, like um, but 
also Kiss Kiss Bang Bang if you want a really good off the wall Christmas film that's that's a film that's set for Christmas oh that's not a bad shout at all uh, but a film I really like that I feel is like, I feel like modern history is sort of coming around to now is Jingle All The Way yeah featuring your boy Paul White yeah Jingle All The Way is absolutely brilliant and I, I like it because it's like it's sort of a, it's it's more about the consumerism of Christmas and like the pressure that people put themselves under, which I think is is like a nice sort of thing. Uh, I haven't watched Sarah Loves the Holiday, which I don't quite understand. It's it seems fine, but you know, I like Jack Black. He's he's, he's nice. He's fun. Yeah, um, I'm getting funny well, looks now. I tell you what, it's good actually. The Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special that was very good. Yeah, I did enjoy. I that. enjoyed that a lot. Again, it, that, that sort of captures that sort of like eighties sort of like and like Gremlins, like that sort of. Oh 80s. shit! Yeah, Gremlins was going to be my next thing. I was going to say, <laughs> Gremlins is a fucking great Christmas film. See, that's the thing. Most of the Christmas films that I like aren't like traditional, like Christmassy Christmas films. Where do you stand on Bad Santa? Never seen Bad Santa. Oh, you've never. You need to get on that, man. That is. I'll. I'll, I'll that is. That is. That is a Christmas film for people like I'm, you with your opinion. Am I, Christmas am films. I likely? Am I likely to get whammed watching Bad Santa? No, you will get whammed watching the holiday. I warn you now. I'm watching the holiday. <laughs> you will be saying it's playing in the background right near the stars in a Christmas party, so be careful. Yeah, that if, ain't if, fucking happening. Next, you'll say I'll watch if, Last Christmas. If you're still in, I mean, if you're watching Last Christmas, then you deserve what you get from multiple. Yeah, that's it. That's inviting violence into your home. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I'm still. I'm still alive. Just about. I've had a few. Oh, sorry. No. I, I I went last week at a at a Christmas market that I was working, and then since then, I've 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 heard last Christmas no like fewer than like five times this week. You you know for a fact that I'll either get one seeing you on Thursday, or it'll be like right up to the fucking finish line on Christmas I'll, Eve. I'll slip you a tenner and be like, mate, put this on at like half eleven. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Do it. Yeah, I know he will. I, I know he will. That's that's why I'm saying it. Oh <laughs> uh, no, because I've had that happen to me before on Christmas Christmas Eve at like five to twelve. Going out on Christmas Eve for a pint is like obviously a tradition, but you're also from, from a one perspective, roulette. you're taking your life in your own hands, aren't you? Yeah, and some some guy who'd already been whammed and not to lose. I got in an Uber on Saturday. I was in an Uber back from Prescott, and uh, yeah, it just came on the radio, and I was like, "Oh, fuck. I was fine." My mum, my mum was still in, and she got done like in the Uber right there. Boom, point blank, you know. Well, that sounds like uh, again, you got what you give them there. Yeah, uh, right, I, th- I think that's going to wrap us up. To be fair, I think we've 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 done all, we've we've covered all our bases. Um, yeah. Bit of an odd one now. So obviously, this is the week before Christmas. Um, we are going to be doing a podcast as normal next week. Uh, we'll. Try and watch as much wrestling as we can in over the festive period. Going to be yeah interesting. I mean, you can watch Rampage on Christmas Eve morning. Yes, yes, we can. Uh, that's gonna be really cool, actually. Um, oh, that will be good. And then I think some point in the next week or so, we're going to be having our end of year awards. So keep your eyes peeled to our social media for that. As always, you'll get to vote on our choices, which is always cool. Please vote for mine. Um, mine will be all the AW ones, but they used to pick to find them. <laughs> um, yeah, we've also got, um, obviously the podcast we did with Sweet Chinwag. Um, they were very gracious to have me and Aaron on. Uh, we spoke about a few of the things we spoke about on here, like Sasha Banks in New Japan, uh, Mandy Rose, uh, also, we did a review of 
um, Macho Man versus Ricky Steamboat and whether it holds up. Um, spoiler alert, Aaron hated it. Um, <laughs> Was it too much wrestling? He, well, he, he said, um, go and listen to it. Go and listen to I it. I will do. I will do. And yeah, and do check it out as well if you listen to this. Go, go what, listen. Yeah, they're, they're great guys. They're going to be showing up on ours at some point. Um, no doubt. Uh, we've also got our big fat quiz of the year that is on New Year's Day. Uh, if you want to participate, it is free to enter. Just di- uh, send us an email. Um, which or all, all get, on the, get, or get on the Discord server and sort of apply through Discord as well. Yeah, um, we are raising money for cancer research for it as well. Uh, two pound entry if you want to. If you, if obviously times are tough, you, if you can't follow, yeah. It, if if you're just feeling like you want to do a little bit of good over the first period, you, you, you know, you yeah, sort of tied on and you can make a little donation. That's fine. You don't have to. No pressure. No, you know, no, no pressure no, at all. If you want to, it's there for you. But yeah, we've got we've got a few familiar faces. We've got a few um, other podcasters on there. I am the uh, defending champion, so I will be defending. Yeah, yeah. You win last year. I smashed it last year, Myth. Yeah, I, I, I joke about like two points. He was fuming because I wrote one. I wrote one of the rounds. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think I think that me you Aaron, me you and Aaron should do a team. Yeah, like the the uh, the mega powers. Yeah, be, be <laughs> like be like the chase. We'll be the chasers. <laughs> um, I don't think I can, yeah, handle, that, I think I can handle that pressure. In what will be my birthday? So you, everyone's got it. everyone's got. To let me win this year again. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and. Um, We'll. I, I can't remember what date. I think we said New Year's Eve. We're doing the end of year awards. That's a that's a bold shout. I'm going to be very hammered. Not not air, like early in the day. You don't know me. I do know you. <laughs> early in the day. <laughs> not, not 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 too late. I'm putting right. babies on my cocoa pops, mate. That's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Christmas, mate. We'll all be doing that. It's Christmas, exactly. Just yeah, cheese, exactly. just cheese and port for like four days. That's all I've got. Oh God, I'm gonna crack open some cheese. I think. Uh, <laughs> right. On that note, then we are going to call it a day. Uh, thank you very much yes. for joining us. Have a lovely Christmas and a happy New Year. We'll see you next week. Stay safe. Enjoy your wrestling. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housen, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housen. Mm-hmm.